Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> or, as Dan Lebertard and Stu Gotts would say, roar! Roaring! You, uh, that order's never gonna get changed for those, uh, for the intros that you asked for. What do you mean? Why? I don't know. Just you asked Josh to do that. Why are you throwing me on a Monday? Yeah, why would I come after my friend Josh? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> you just felt like kicking up garbage on a Monday? Listen, when, when I think about job descriptions, I don't think that I think Josh did me a favor and thank you, Josh, for, for putting I'm that happy together. to do it. He has thank a, you. He has a he has a four hour show in the morning. Well, the, 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 the the biggest show in the state of New York in the morning, by the way. <laughs> and and um you know, I, I just I'm not seeing that as his job responsibility. I'm not saying that it's yours, but aren't there like, don't you have minions? Aren't you like a power no, producer? I was just don't you have to, Seth? He was trying to get, he was trying to throw, throw Josh some said money he was going to do it. That's why I gave him Well, the way I envisioned the opening would be the first person, whoever we decide to lead off with, mm-hmm. says, hi, I'm so-and-so, and you're listening to the Daniel Baldwin show on ESPN Radio. He says the full thing. Yeah. And then we do a, hi, I'm so-and-so, you're listening to the Daniel Baldwin show. Hi, I'm so-and-so, hi, I'm so-and-so, hi, I'm so-and-so. And then you end the last one. So you don't have to hear them all read it. And then as we go, we could, we could add other celebrities who just say hi. So we, the people realize the power that this show has and the level of talent that they can bring in. Speaking of level of talent, uh, my older brother, um, who used to tie my shoes when I was little, uh, will be on the show uh, supposedly at 10.30 if he... No, he buys your shoes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So we're both... We're both both susceptible. This is the same guy that that, that tells me that Tony Gwynn is his favorite player, and I spent hundreds of dollars to buy him. I think it was $300 or $400 to buy him this jersey signed by Tony Gwynn, who, by the way, rest in peace, Tony, who's, who's deceased. Uh, and you know, then I take him and his whole family. There's like 900 brothers in this family. I buy them all dinner one night, not mm-hmm. knowing that it was 55 bucks each. <laughs> if I had known that, I'd never, I never, each, I never, actually. I never would have done it. The lady handed me the bill. It was a heart attack. I looked at Rob and I go, it's 320 bucks or something. <laughs> so, so, but, but again, and then what do I get? My brother buys my shoes. <laughs> Sorry, it was too easy. Wow. Why is he coming out Where did that come today? from? Because it, it was just too easy. You were on the Stugats, the Stugats army thing. That's right. Mm. He's the, he's the the mole. He's the mole. He's the absolutely He's the, mole. the mole. I think. Any other uh, grievances you'd like to air here? No, that was. Yeah, you want to say something? Listen, uh, um, Forrest is in the other room. You can take a shot of him and his mom. And no, I like Forrest. We're good. Oh, uh, Forrest, a full time employee now. Is he full time? No, he's a part. Not full time employee. Yeah. Does the great one know Forrest exists yet? No, no, no. and he never will. I'm he keeping never... him as far away from the great one as possible. Why? Because. Well, because he's going to meet him and go, what are you hiring? Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, see, he takes the shot of farce. See, I have an idea, though. We could have fun with the great Ed Levine. Uh, hello, Mr. Owner. We could get Forrest to read stuff that he doesn't realize is really bad. <laughs> get him in here going, we'll talk about, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he can go, well, that, do, 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 do. 
and then we could get the great one in here just ready to cut his head. Well, he actually cut kind of cut your head off, wouldn't he? Yes. That's yeah, a great idea, Josh. How, let's, how set is, it up. let's set it up, Josh. How was everybody's weekend before we start talking sports? I didn't do a thing. You know what? I've been working unbelievable. So I had to... Everyone told me I live on the north shore of Oneida Lake. And the entire lake freezes in the, in the winter. Mm-hmm. And we had a big, big freeze this year. A lot of ice fishermen out there. The ice was very, very thick. And so the theory is you cannot put a permanent dock in. Everyone has those temporary docks. And I said, well, that's nonsense. So I got three-inch wide galvanized steel piping, and I bought a, uh, a really, really powerful pump, and I draw the water out of the lake and send it through the hose. I drop the hose into the pipe, and I burrowed them with using the high, high-pressured water and drop them several feet into the mud, and then you pull the hose out, and the mud forms around and holds the, the pipe. So I did this, and, uh, and sure enough, my pipes didn't move at all, even in the bad, in the bad freeze. So now I have proven that you can put a permanent structure in, provided mm-hmm. you drop the pipe for, far enough in. So I buy the the pontoon boat. I have the boat finally. Everything's all it's all geared up. It's ready to go. It's ready for the big fish off. Yes, we're ready to go. Same. Okay, Robin's leaving. Mm-hmm. She's going down to Florida. She's leaving me with the two kids. I will tape them up and throw them in a closet, <laughs> and and we will go fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring your dog. Bring your dog. Will your dog go out? Oh, on we the... can use your dog as bait. No, you, my dogs will sit with your dog out on the pontoon boat. It'll be great. My dog is kind of scared of the outdoors at the moment. Your dog is scared. What from the the poop fest thing? No, because she got attacked by wasps yesterday out walking at the park. Oh, you were telling me about this. They bit her ear. They couldn't penetrate her skin through her fur, but they got her in the ears. Yeah, it's... her ears a couple times. Does she have like blown up ears now or anything? Or... No, I got her on Benadryl, but she was. Did the stop, drop, and roll, and me and this old lady at the park are swatting the bugs off of her and getting stung ourselves. Did you get the old lady's number? No. I <laughs> got to pick my dog up and run her to safety. Did you get zapped? Yeah, twice. Where? And the arms. Where's the hole? Let's see. They're up on my arms. It's, you got, it's, I mean, are you, there's no, no reaction mark, or No, no. Oh, you can get real. Those things yeah. can turn into a big old sword. It's like they were pansy wasps. Like, they couldn't break the skin. It well, was no, like, but if they were more mature, they realized not to shoot, you know, the, the full charge. Like, that's why they say a young snake is the worst snake to get bitten by because it panics and it shoots all its venom into you. And, and a lot of times it kills the snake. Whereas a more experienced snake will know just to hit you with a little dose and be like, back off. But this so, is the second time in a week he's taken his dog to urgent care. Like, if he were a parent, he would be in the hospital every day. Well, the first, did you did you take the dog to the uh, urgent care for the poop incident too? No, no, she so, hurt her back. She uh, she's got a bulging disc. What's that dog doing over there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a she's crazy. Dog. It's a Jack Russell. She flips out and plays. You a lot. want to just let her go with uh, with Ruth and and Jethro? All right, I'll do it. And bring her over because it, it's all fenced in. It's a pontoon boat, so she can't jump off. She won't anyway. She'll sit in my lap, cowering in fear. Are you going to buy her a life vest? Yeah, you're going to get one of those little chihuahua little doggy life, life vests. Vest? Yeah, I think that's cute. Oh, you should do that, Paul. You've swollen your life vest. Any sports we want to talk about while we're making? Yeah, let's one of talk my about dog? the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's this whole Twitter war going on now with President Trump and LeBron James. I guess uh, Trump has taken a shot at LeBron, and, uh, and and LeBron came back and said, uh, you know, I would never be in a situation where I was sitting with President Trump because I would never go, uh, and blah, and and then they're and they're too shame. And and so I guess Trump thought 
because of the debate about whether or not LeBron is a greater all around, the greatest player ever, or is it Michael Jordan? Trump thought he was going to buddy up to Jordan and said, well, I like Mike anyway. And Jordan came back and told Trump, you know, well, I don't like you and I support LeBron. And it's just it's just amazing that I continue to look at it and because it's so surreal. I wonder if he isn't or his people, whoever are, are actually pushing the buttons and sending the tweets. Are they not? Are they masterful and getting us so distracted with all this trivial nonsense that goes on on Twitter with the president that we're not really concentrating on what's going on over here. This is very Harry Houdini-ish, you know. Houdini got you to look over here for, to the left for one second while he slipped the key in his pocket with his right hand and you weren't looking just fast enough that he could undo the straight jacket and the locks and everything else. And then you, you it appears that he escaped. or But it wasn't. He was a master at, at diversion. And I wonder, am I giving him too much credit? My brother tells me, you know, yeah, yeah, I hear this all the time. No, he's really that stupid and he's yeah, sending all the he, What's he diverting us from? Yeah, there's nothing well, happening. Well, that while, we don't while, know about. While, while, no, you're right. But okay. So while the concentration is on today and next next and and for the next week, while he sends a couple more tweets out and we talk about this very in the news, just traded to the Lakers, big city basketball player that gets a lot of attention. Are we paying any attention to the 25 percent across the board? Tax taxes against China right now. That's going to really send everyone into a, to a tailspin. And, and what does that affect our relationship with China versus trying to use their their global presence against North Korea? Versus, there's a lot of things that that, that are going on. We're in a war still. We don't even talk about the war anymore. But and that's. Ha- I mean, this should all be. Uh, it should demonstrate what people latch on to. It's now that. I mean, it's all out there, but we just want headlines about LeBron and Trump fighting on Twitter than we do the war. Well, when there's 56 things, Josh, I think when there's 56 things out there, and this will dominate the the Twitter airways and Mm -hmm. and people's social media uh, uh, public perception of things. You know, listen, the greatest thing that ever happened to me when I got in trouble, before I got sober, I had a pretty famous arrest in the Plaza Hotel. Now, of course, the story that took place in the Plaza Hotel... Um, was that made it to the news was nothing like what really happened, but it didn't matter. You know, the, 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 as long as the crux of the story is there was an arrest, there was paraphernalia and residue of drugs involved, but that was all true. And you know what? I had to face it. The greatest thing that ever happened to me was while that was going on shortly thereafter, Charlie Sheen was accused of punching his girlfriend in the, in the, in the driveway of his house. And a week later, Robert Downey Jr. woke up in a neighbor's kid's bed. He went in the wrong house. And suddenly, because they were much bigger names than me, I was off the front page. I was off the second page. I was buried somewhere Baldwin to face judge in blah, blah. You know, and, and it was great. I was very happy. Sure, sure. Friends that I knew were in more trouble and bigger than me. You guys knew how to party back then. Well, yeah, we, we ended up in... But the, but Downey's was great. He like he got out of a, 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 a like a car, um, like a like five houses away from where he lived, and it was it doesn't even look like his house. He just walked in. He just walked in, and off the driveway was the door. He walked in the door, walked over, made a right, and the kid was like away at college. And he went in the kid's bed and passed out. And the mother noticed the door was open in the morning and went in like and saw this man. And called nine one one. Yeah, like uh, that was like, a, hey, Robert Downey Jr. is in my bed. Yeah, my kid's bed. Oh, that's right. You live up the street. I heard about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take him away. Um, so anyway, but, that, but, have, but, that happened to ESPN's uh, own Ryan Rosillo. <laughs> he got all hammered up in Wyoming and walked into the wrong, to the wrong uh, hotel room? condo at yeah. Airbnb and fell asleep on the bed. And, wow. 
I've never been that drunk. Well, but but the point that I made that I made this for is that suddenly there were multiple other stories that were far bigger than my mishaps, and and and, th- and this is the same only in a in a weird way. This isn't even a, a compared to what we should be focusing on. It's diver- uh, it's diversion. It, it's it's let's the president of the United States is tweeting or supposedly a representative of his if it's on him. Um, is tweeting stuff about a basketball player and 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 you know it just it's amazing this is the president yeah, it, but isn't that more of an us problem than him like so what if he tweets it out like the fact that everybody just latches on to every stupid tweet like well, but, but, it's the like it's the end of the world well here's the the two parts that we're not going to really definitively know until you represent my brother in the white house uh-huh. that, yeah. I, that i can ask you i, I hope he uh, gives me control of the okay Twitter. so let's let's ask this question do you believe that the president is the one that actually all the time is tweeting this stuff not every one of them no no i don't think so either i think he might say uh tell them blah, blah, and he tells them yeah okay so there's there's that factor then number two and I, it sounds to me, by the way you reacted earlier, you don't believe they do this to distract people. You think he's just full on this nuts that he yeah, likes this stuff. Yeah, he just, I think that's how he is, because I don't think he was planning on ever being president, and I think he's just staying the way he was before he was president. It's just, he was like that when he was... Uh, okay, so here, it, my my limited knowledge about what goes on in this particular White House, but my knowledge in general about how subversive politics and, and, and the White House can be, I would venture to bet, and this is what I said in the beginning, when it first started happening, I started going, is the president really writing that? Is he really writing about Rosie O'Donnell? You yeah, know, well, hang, hang on, let's, let me make my point and then, and then and interject. So with that said, I thought, there can't be the guys around him that are powerful enough that wouldn't believe it. If you think the president of the United States runs the show, you're out of your freaking mind. So... Those guys, the generals and the really high-ranking CIA people and the people that really do run the country, um, they would have pulled him aside, I felt, long ago and said, put your phone down, if it was just him doing it. So I do believe that there's probably more people out there that are around him that go, yeah, go ahead and tweet that. Well, yeah, it keeps him distracted from his real job. It keeps him distracted, and I think it keeps us distracted. There's another thing. Like, if anybody thinks these tweets are like not him, he, when he was just billionaire Donald Trump, he was a he was like the head of the birther movement. His tweets have always been insane. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing different. Does he he get reelected? At this point, yeah. Just on the economy, I think. Does he get reelected, Josh? Is he going to win again? (sighs) I think that. It comes down to the midterms, I think. It depends on how the midterms go. Well, the midterms always bomb for whoever's president in their first... You know what, guys? I got to tell you, I don't see a clear... Unless they pull a Barack Obama and take... like, like Barack Obama reminded me of Jimmy Carter, I'll tell you why. There wasn't... We really, didn't really know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Now, Carter came off of Nixon being you know, impeached and, and Ford taking over for him, and he had to resign. So they, the, the Democratic Party just said, find us the squeakiest, cleanest guy they can't say anything about, and we'll get him elected no matter what. And that was a peanut farmer who happened to be governor, who was a born-again Christian, and you know, they could, there was nothing they could dig up on Carter, so he was a shoo-in. Um, now, different with Obama, but Obama was relatively unknown out of Illinois, um, young, African-American, um, you know, so I, I, the Democrats, I think, are going to need somebody who's pretty powerful 
they're gonna they're, somebody that has to step up. That's like the governor of like you know Cuomo, you know, uh, or somebody that that can stand up to to the reputation of Trump because. The economical situation, when people ask themselves that question, are you better off than you were four years ago? Um, I think a lot of people that have money are going to say yes. I think a lot of people, I think amongst the Republicans, he has won a lot of those Republicans over that. Originally, remember, he didn't have the support. Yeah. He didn't have the support of his own people. I have a strange suspicion he's going to garner a lot more support this time. And Hillary was a big character whose husband had been president two terms and she had been secretary of state and she had been a senator in New York and she couldn't beat him. So they better come up with some big name. It takes someone like like a Bill Clinton to to keep a president to one term. Like you got to have a big name mm-hmm. like to take. Otherwise, it's been two term presidents for a lot of our elections. Our work we have to do, Paulie, is work on Ilaria, Alec's wife, because I think Alec could beat him. Right. But she wouldn't want to win. She wouldn't want to I don't think life. she wants to raise the kids in the White House. No, I don't blame her. Under, under that kind of, she's got four kids. She's a beautiful, lovely woman. And I think the idea of thrusting them into the limelight, it, it, you know, and, and of course, I've already started the, think about what he could do for our country. Think about what, what a difference. And she's like, yeah, I don't care. And I'm going to scold both gentlemen in this situation right now. Uh-huh. Trump should not be slamming LeBron James at this moment when LeBron's building a school. I know, like, he looks really good right now. Yeah, yeah. And then, second of all, the fact that people won't sit down. To say I won't if the president wants to help kids get through school and wants to have LeBron as a head of a program to help kids get through school... Sit down with the man, whether you like him or not. Well, you heard you heard about what, what? Well, let's go to break. Let's go to break really quick, and we'll come back and let's talk about what happened with Melania. <laughs> Turn the wow. computer on. So excited. Wow. <laughs> so Melania. So, so yeah, no, really. The computer was frozen. <laughs> the computer was frozen. It's all my fault. Pull it, mole fired. We got a um, Commodore sixty four in here. So. uh Melania evidently turned around and chimed in and said that, you know, she has the be your best or whatever the campaign she's doing. And uh, she's uh, she renounced what her husband said about LeBron and uh, said that what he's doing is great and she'd be happy to support him and blah, 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 setting up some kind of a riff. I guess she has a spokesperson in the White House who turned around and uh, and made the comment to Trump in the public and said, you're not going to tell her what to say. So, wow. Stay yeah, tuned. So it's like every other marriage. Whoa. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I do what I'm told at the end of the day. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, it's stupid to fight yeah, it. Why would I even try? Yeah. I need to get some action at least every once yeah, in a while. I'm not getting anything you. without saying yes. I'm so excited. It's time for. Now um, it's I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio! Prepping you understand me? Daniel Baldwin show. Did you see that power yeah, move? He, 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 uh, so, so Forrest is over here. Now the the, the, one, the producer of the show. Really, he's, t- he's taking your place, hasn't he? He is really? the official yes. producer. Yes. He's the official producer. You have been here. You know what? <laughs> you owe me. I, I discovered you. You did. Discovered you. That 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 teacher that you were banging to get a better grade, and then you show up here and you're the producer of the show already. You're you're my boss. I'm your boss. Pretty much. You're the isn't he my boss? Kinda. 
No. Yeah, go out and run with that one. Yeah, run with that one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> People will testify to how I treat my boss, but that's okay. You're, yeah, you're the boss. Now wash my car. But anyway, uh, so and now you're doing so what? You, yeah. Go ahead. Everyone else gets ahead here except me. Where is the great Ed Levine that he does? He doesn't even speak to me anymore. He said hi to you today. Oh my! You're right. It was the first time he said hi to me in six months. Where's the show you going? Just be lucky with it. Let's there. go national. <laughs> <laughs> Come you, on! You're lucky. We've got, got a guest in five minutes. Let's I got go. notes Check today. The New York Yankees were swept by the Boston Red Sox in the four-game series, falling 9.5 games behind the Red Sox in the Yankees AL East. fans are 9.5. Not nine and a half games. 9.5. They're 9.5 on the Richter scale. <laughs> Yankees fans it's not are on a so much just because he said 9.5. Yeah, I know. I That's know. what makes their great story. Uh, yeah, well, listen, I remember, what were they, uh, the, the famous year, they were like 14 out in the middle of August, and they came back and won it all? Not happening this year. Not gonna happen this year. No, you don't think they make a run? Yeah, well, they'll make the wild card, but they'll make a run. <laughs> He's such a fan. They'll make up that point five game. They will. They will. They'll be eight point two. <laughs> Are you a Yankees fan, Mars? Oh yes. my God! Are you on the ledge? Are you? You're, you're confident they're still coming back. How does that? How did, as a Yankees fan? How did that weekend feel for you? Oh, Just was, getting swept. I was so mad last night. People get it was so angry. Awful. Well, more importantly, you like that. Uh, more importantly, how does it affect your ability to report them? Because you do one side of the report, the Yankees. I'm just, I'm really upset. I've been trying to keep my cool when talking about the Yankees. I'm really upset with them. Y- Yankees fans are insane. They're the worst. I'm going to say this out loud. Yankees fans are the worst. Why? They're just insane. They they, they act like the world revolves. They're like Cowboys fans. Yankees fans and Cowboy well, fans not. are horrible human beings. <laughs> wow. Wow. There, I said it. <laughs> wow. Just get over yourselves. You're right, nine go. and a half games out. Listen, he's on he's on a run. Go somewhere else. Bills wide receiver Calvin Benjamin said his tenure with the Carolina Panthers was a bad fit from the get-go, and he would have been more successful with a more accurate quarterback like Eli Manning. Wow. Josh nailed it. That's a quote. That's a quote. And he's not and I'm not showing up when I get elected into the Hall of Fame. I wish I had a better quarterback. <laughs> wow. Man. It's that's my one, way it's my one talent. I can make a baby cry. Go ahead. <laughs> you can make anyone cry. Yeah. Conor McGregor will make his long-awaited return to the USC on October 6th against Khabib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say his name. It's Russian. Yeah. It's too. It's so long. What is wrong with you, idiot? Here's here's a problem with the. This is my professional radio opinion. Here's the problem with Forrest doing this. The way he talks and reads makes everything a so what. Like, he could say the most interesting thing on the face of the earth, and it sucks. There's Just- an asteroid headed directly for birth right now, to landing in Syracuse, New York. Nah, so what? Shut up. <laughs> Everybody's asleep <laughs> yeah. by the time he's well, I don't care. Go okay, ahead. go ahead. A man in Florida was arrested for bringing an alligator into a liquor store and chasing customers <laughs> around with it. When asked about the incident, he says he does not remember and he does not know how he got the alligator. I like it. I love that story. Did it did it kill anybody or bite anybody? No, he had, no, it, he had it muzzled. He had it snoot taped up. Yeah, Florida hangs, man. You can't you can't keep up with Florida. Why? Well, why didn't he have it? Like it's it's really not. Couldn't we come back with this when he killed somebody or? <laughs> Daniel wants more blood for us next time. All right. All right. Somebody's got to die. Al- All right. Aldrich Baldwin's coming up next. More important than Forrest. For sure. 
This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, we're back with our favorite caller. Our only caller. <laughs> our only caller. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, am I the only caller? I'm the only caller? No, you're not the only caller. You're just our favorite caller. Uh, my brother Alec on the line. <laughs> What's happening? Good line. Good line. Good line. Um, well, <clears throat> we're into August, which means we got about four weeks left of our vacation, and uh, I'm miserable about that, but I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. And uh, my kids uh, love the summertime. They're having a ball, and... Um, then we got to get back to work in the fall, and uh, I've become very lazy in my old age. I don't like to work. How, how do, you, do you like to work these days? <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, because of doing the show and we're trying to, you know, I mean, you know, you have a very successful podcast that does far greater numbers than we do, but we're building, you know, and so we're, as we as we look at the idea of going into other markets and podcasting and maybe even, you know, shooting it with cameras and, 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 and different ideas. We don't want to try to grow too quickly. Um, but that requires me to be here. So now I do the, well, we need him to play the Colonel who comes in and does this. So the movie wise, it's really limited my, like I won't even go out on television now because it interrupts the flow of what I'm doing here too much. So if I miss a Monday because I go to Texas and do my talk shows once a month, that's fine. And if I did a movie, which I recently just did two in a row, but, um, it does break the flow up here. So as we go into football season right now, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to either expanding this show or doing something in addition to this show sports-wise because I'm enjoying doing it. You know how much I love sports. Well, it's like the, the you know, what I'm doing, uh, we started doing it like seven or eight years ago. And we stopped for, we probably did it six in the last seven years, and we stopped for a year because we lost our funding. And then the uh, um, uh, we came back. And in that intervening, you know, in that these last five years, I mean, podcasts have just exploded. And there's like, that's the joke now. Everybody has a podcast. You know, the doorman in your building has a podcast. So uh, the um, it's very, uh, that's very competitive. But yours is even worse because the sports thing, I mean, how much sports-related programming is there is, is on there? You know, so you must have a very, you're in a very competitive market there, you know. But we have a mole. Well, I was going to say, what you need to do with these shows is just you got, you got to find your hook and your thing beyond you, you know, being you. So I think that that's always has some value. And the mole, of course, is a legendary uh, broadcasting figure. Um, the, uh, he's like uh, he's like Costas and Edward R. Murrow and Mike Wallace all rolled into one. You know, he's a he's a searing, insightful interviewer. Uh, he's got a black belt wit. You know, I mean, Mole has it all. We were but, at a uh, we were at a podcasting convention a couple weeks ago, and when you say that everybody has a podcast, everybody has a podcast. <laughs> we, he, the the guy who does your podcast at NPR was there. It was one of the the speakers, and we sat through with people that do podcasts on uh, butterflies and yeah, plants. It, and, yeah, it is. It's in there the strangest people you could ever imagine. <laughs> Well, I think that it's, I think it's, uh, um, you, you have to have some kind of a hook to distinguish your thing. Like, well, you know, what's, what's, uh, you, you got to get into all this kind of writing and come up with games people play on the air and all this silliness. My podcast, for the most part, thrives on the kind of hit or miss, uh, uh, dynamic of me asking people 
and reaching out through contacts I have in the business to book, you know, very in-demand people. You know, I do Tom York, uh, 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 the, the, the musician, the famous musician. He's, um, uh, you know, he's not someone that's doing a lot of that. I always begin by saying, do they do much of this stuff to begin with? And, and some of them, the answer is no, you know, and then, uh, but, and, and as many people as we reach out to, to do the thing with us, tell us no. But we, uh, we've succeeded, I think, in all their publicists want to know what they're getting into. And uh, I think the, the show has a good reputation insofar as it's all about appreciation. We're not out to get anybody. You know, we're out to, I, I only bring people on who either I'm curious about what they do. We've had George Will on. And George Will is the, uh, um, the ABC News right. analyst and, uh, and con- columnist. And you know, Will is somebody who... I don't agree with him about very much politically, but he was nonetheless a very good get for us in terms of our listeners. We try to mix it up, and we always, uh, uh, you know, try to get people from different fields. But uh, we've been very lucky. We've been very lucky, and, and, and people who want to come and do long form, we sit for an hour. We cut it into a forty-minute podcast or what have you. But it's uh, it's so competitive now. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's. Uh... It's become so specialized, you know, there, there there's millennials, um, um, stereotypically, you know, they're, they, you'll excel with a pizza place that you can order it online and pick out, you know, I want three quarters of it pepperoni and I want one quarter mushroom, uh, double cheese. I mean, they, they want their hands and they want to touch everything and they want to do it electronically. So I think one of the things that would be, that would behoove a successful podcast would be allowing the audience to, uh, to participate a lot. Uh, in in writing in or what they want, you know, it was interesting. I pitched an idea um, to uh, uh, one of the cable channels not that long ago about doing a TV series that we we rotate each episode with the way the audience decides they want to go. So we write it on the fly, and if they say no, kill that guy, and a majority of them say kill him, we kill the guy in the next episode. You know what I mean? So the audience really writes the show. We take their notes, and and I I think so, things like that is the way we're going, where where we're we're moving uh, in in television and in film, and people want to see what they want to see, and it's very very specialized now. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I am I allowed to pitch my new podcast because it's the complete opposite of Alex. I <laughs> he's getting all the big name celebrities. I am doing a podcast where I get celebrities that are no longer relevant. On well, my, I can no, be it, on that show. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm starting. It's called Where Are They Wednesdays, and I'm going to get like people from the Facts of Life and uh, Snow the Rapper is big coming. Name guys. Yeah, just guys that were famous at one point and are no longer famous. Wow. So well, bring- you know, the other thing is, uh, is I ask people now to think about what is media in their life. You know, how much time in the day do you have and how much, uh, you know, news do you want to consume in, in any form? Radio. I mean, radio is my number one because I'm moving around the house. If I'm uh, doing some work, if I'm whatever I'm doing, the radio works best for me in a car, obviously. Uh, I love radio. I'm a radio junkie. And, uh, but like sitting down and watching the news, I like to sit down and watch CNN or watch some news program on screen every now and then. If it's, if there's some, I mean, obviously TV, you're tilting toward the visual, but, but all media in people's lives, movies, uh, TV shows you binge, Netflix, Hulu, all of it, Amazon, broadcast TV, 
movies, whether you go to the movies or consume them at home, uh, music, news, anything, all media in people's lives, I always say to people, you need to reevaluate, like a diet, like something you're eating, reevaluate your media diet and say, is that worth my time? I mean, I'd rather read a book. I'd rather read a magazine and well, read a long-form article than, than uh, waste my time with it. For me, I find, I believe this is true of everybody, there's so much media you can get out of your life that you just don't really need. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste. Do you think that there's a chance? You know, I, I was always intrigued when we were very, very young. <laughs> it's ironic I'm making that claim on the radio, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's very ironic. Um, do you think there's a chance or there's a place for the old-fashioned, uh, you know, storytelling on the radio? Could you go back and do live theater, you know, that th- those kinds of shows? Well, they have that again? in abundance. They've got the moth. You know, they've got, they've got a lot of... I mean, the moth is the premier storytelling. The moth is a huge uh, success. It's a, it's a monolithic thing. I mean, that's a very popular show. The moth has been on for quite a while, and that's, that's all storytelling but uh i mean listen i think i think the idea that you have to reinvent what's happening everything we do is storytelling you know we, we in, in your in your like one thing you might be able to do is, is get some people together and spend some time and do some research and like and pick a person i'm just saying this off the top of my head you guys pick a person you really admire and every show you take three minutes and say hey we're going to look back at the career it's a it's a daniel it's it's it's, it's a it's, it's Look Back Monday or whatever it is, or it's Hall of Fame Tuesday. You come up with a name and you just talk about why we loved Roger Staubach, why we loved Larry Bird, why we loved Oscar Robertson, why, and just go on and just pick people and do a little thumbnail. Say, you know, where is he now? Little do people know that so-and-so now owns car dealerships in South Florida. You know, just take, take people back. And people, what I learned in my podcast People love that appreciation. They love. I, I have people come on, and all I want to talk about is why I think you're great. <laughs> I mean, it really is fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. It's it's amazing when you get to meet. Uh, I've told friends before that aren't in the business or that aren't athletes, um, and I say the ironic thing was when I played. You know, say in a, you know in the celebrity golf tour, and I'd go and I'd see Michael Jordan, and I'd see Charles Barkley, and I'd see John Elway, and I'd see all these great, these famed, and I wanted to be them. I wanted to be them, even when I was with them. I still wanted to be them. They were still playing. I think you guys should do start to sit down, the two of you guys or whoever else you're working with, have lunch, and just spitball a lot of ideas, and it takes some bit of scripting and segment producing. And do some little segments. It's, you know, where is he now? Where is she you, now? You, you, you uh, say, little things like that. And just do little numbers like that. People, they, they, if they think the show is all just everybody free-bagging, you, it might not work. You know what I mean? It's, it's like any show you do where it's all like anything can happen and it's, it's, and, and, and it's just a lot of jokes. So the audience is sitting there going, well, I hope it's funny. You know, if you're going to lean on jokes and comedy and kind of putting people down and everything like that. But, <clears throat> but I think you should think about some things you do regularly. Hey, yeah, that, that's 30 on Thursday. That we know what that means, Mole. And boom! I can't believe we're actually having a production meeting on the air. <laughs> yeah, I love this it. is great. More. Yeah, yeah well, <clears throat> listen. But, but I want to say one last thing because I got to run to the store. Do it. You know, you guys. Steve Jobs was in a garage, you know, and he was blowing up circuit boards. They were like, he was like, you know, I don't know what he was doing. I have an image of him like it was all catching on fire, you know. And then, and then look what happened. And you guys, you're like the Steve Jobs of. Uh, of, of radio, of, of sports radio. You're the Steve Jobs, you're, you're in, and you're in that garage right now, and, and the circuit boards are blowing up in your face. But 
I know you're going to make it. I got faith in you guys. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Yeah, by the way, thanks for blowing us up on uh, Fallon like you promised. <laughs> oh! Yeah. I, I got I got one question for you before you go because this has been bothering me since we started talking. Is there a role in a movie or, or TV that you missed out on? Not, maybe you you said no to it or you had another prior uh, engagements and couldn't the take it. Yes, the and, answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what was it? Or are you just not going to tell? Us? I never want to talk about the movies I, I might have done because I think that's bad form. There's a, there's a uh, uh, the only one I ever mentioned, because it's, it's an indicator of not about that, was there was a TV movie I was going to do a million years ago that Gary Cole, who's a wonderful actor from Chicago, he ended up doing playing um, um, uh, the, uh, the Jeffrey McDonald murder case. Uh, Joe McGinnis wrote that famous book, Fatal Vision, and they oh, did the movie that. Fatal Vision, and I was cast to play McDonald with Carl Malden and Eva Marie Saint and all these people. And I chose another job. I took another job instead because it was just, uh, I chose to go do Knott's Landing and be a series regular on that show for like a season and a piece of the second season. And uh, Cole, who's a really wonderful Chicago actor, um, he played the part. And the only reason I ever tell that story is because I talk about how, you know, back then I was so nervous. I would go into a bar and I would like have two really stiff drinks before my audition. I'd be like, boom, boom. You know, I'd have like two gigantic shots of uh, scotch and then go in there because I had to calm my nerves down in the early days. I was so nervous. <laughs> it was really very, it was very uh, intimidating to audition. You know, I, I haven't auditioned in quite a while, but back when I used to audition, it was very nerve-wracking. Very nerve-wracking. I can, I can tell you that one of the greatest... Uh, do, you have, do you have two minutes? Yeah. Go? Okay. So imagine this. I'm in, I played baseball in high school. I'm a pretty good athlete. And, uh, and I'm sitting in the waiting room for, um, for the movie. Do you remember when you read for the movie Eight Men Out? Of course, yeah. That's and a perfect example. Going in and auditioning for sales, it was like, I thought I was going to wet my pants. I was so scared. Okay, you know? so, so do, you, do, you, do you specifically, I don't know if I've ever told you the story. Do you specifically remember your audition for him? No, I don't remember. Okay, well, let me remind you. Um, so you go in and read, unbeknownst to me, uh, you and I never did this in our career where uh, maybe much later in our career did you say, hey, what was it like to work with this director? Or I said, what was it like? So I go in, imagine this, and I can't remember, you know, Bonnie Timmerman, whoever the cast director is, I'm sitting in the waiting room and her door is cracked open. She goes, I know, I know, I know, but he passed on the movie. He's not available. He's doing something else. But I got his brother out there who played baseball in high school, and he's bigger than Alec. So I go, so I sit in there, I go, Oh my God, they wanted Alec to do the movie. It was to play Chick Gandell, who Michael Rooker ended up playing, the first baseman who was advertised as the strongest hands in baseball. So I played first base in high school and I was a pitcher and I'm going, great, they wanted Alec, just don't blow it. So I go in there and they and Alec got to go read for the director. I had to read for the cast director and get put on tape. And evidently when you read for sales, they put you on tape. So I go in there and I read, and the story is he wants to fix the World Series, Gandell, and he knows that they're going to fix it, but he can't tell the guys that he knows. So he tells the story about he was in a boxing match, and I hit this guy a few times, pow, pow. He hits me a few times, pow, pow. And later on, we meet, and we split the money 50-50, and nobody gets hurt. So as he's telling the story, he's letting him know, I'd be in on the fix if you want me. So I go in and I read it. I get called back a week later, and it's sales. Now I get to meet for the director. Alec went right to the director. So John Sell says, so I take it you must have rehearsed this with your brother, and you went over this with your brother. And I looked at him, I said, no, I didn't. And he went, 
yeah, don't worry. It's okay to say that you rehearsed with your brother. I know you rehearsed with your brother. I said, I have never spoken to my brother about this, but I will tell you that I heard the casting director talking, and it sounds like you were interested. Now, he goes, Barbara, do you have Alec Baldwin's tape? And puts it in. In the scene, he's sitting at the bar, and he's and it doesn't say this. I improv that I stand up, and I threw two punches. I hit him, pow, pow. He hits me, pow, pow. And later on, and I wipe my two hands together. And later on, we meet, and we split the money 50-50, and nobody gets hurt. He pops Alex's tape mm-hmm. in. Alex stands at the exact same moment and throws two lefts and says pow pow and wipes his freaking hands together. And I looked up and I went, how am I ever going to get him to believe that I didn't rehearse that with my brother? <laughs> I did exactly what my brother did in the audition. It was really scary. Can, can, I, can I say something? Yes, can I please. say something? Yeah. That's the most fascinating story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in the parking lot of the grocery store. I got to go get groceries for my wife. And I sat in the car and waited, I'm not doing my grocery shopping, and you tell me that story. That was the most amazing right. story I've would ever you send heard. Most Oscar? amazing show business story would you, I've ever heard would you, about. Would you, would, you, would you send me one of your Golden Globes, please, so I can put it in my house? One of the greatest show business anecdotes I've ever heard in my life. That's amazing. Anyway, God bless you, boys. My love for you. You guys are going straight to the top. Thank you. Right. Tippy top yeah. of the poppery pop. Thanks, All right, Sam. goodbye. I'll talk Bye. to you later. You. Ciao. Let's go to break. All right, right no, it's not a break. That's the end of the show. Everybody, That's it? everybody, have a That's good. It. Everyone's just gonna go. Yeah. That's gonna yeah. break. Yeah. Just be commercials forever now. Yep. Up like on the top it. of the hour. Like